Hey everyone, it's Michael. Before we begin, want to remind you all to join the new Union Sports Goalkeeping Community, a social media network that reimagines how we engage, educate, and entertain one another. To download free, go to www.theunionsports.com or the Union Community on Apple or Google Play stores. Thanks for making the Union possible, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, live from Hollywood, California. With me, fresh from camp shutout, the one and only Phoenix Risings, Nate Kitchell. Nate, what's up, man? Thanks for coming on as a guest co-host. I absolutely love this, man. Yeah, excited for it. I got some big shoes to fill with uh, Omar and Saskia, but excited to be here and, um, First time meeting Cam, so excited to get into it and uh, chat with him a little bit here. Well, I guess the cat's out of the bag, guys. Our guest panelist joining us today, uh, Inter-Miami uh, Youth Academy goalkeeper coach Cameron Sorrow. Uh, Cam, uh, honestly, uh, you've been having a lot going on lately, man. It seems like you've been flying in and out of uh, locations. Yeah, yeah. It's been uh, it's been an exciting summer. You know, my, um, my boss and our director of Academy Goalkeeping, Chris, is um, just re- recently had a had a kid, his second kid. So I've been helping him out and covering him and, and joining the uh, second team on their travels. So we just got back this morning from uh, from New York, uh, got to play up there. And, um, you know, it was a good result. Great experience. I've, I've loved my time. It's been a hectic month. And, and now we're just ready to get back and start with the uh, the Academy goalkeepers again. So ready to get back into it. I love what you just said right there because Nate, that that's something that that uh, that's very similar in regards to over at Phoenix Rising. There seems to be a lot of cohesion between yourself and the first team over there. Yeah, yeah. So we have Corey Robertson um, as our first team goalkeeper coach, and get a chance to go in and work with him quite a bit, and uh, work with the first team goalkeeper coaches as well as uh, have some of our academy goalkeepers come in and work in that environment as well. So been lucky to have a little bit of cohesion with uh, the first first team in the academy we're running down there. Yeah, you know, I you know, while 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 we're talking about that in regards to cohesion, uh, a couple of weeks ago we had a, a young man on on the show uh, known as Stan Anderson, uh, a very young man named Stan Anderson from Camp Shutout, and he also had another uh, spry young gentleman with him uh, named Todd Hofford uh, from One on One Soccer over on the East Coast. And uh, Nate, it seems like last year Todd came to Camp Shutout and and he was a guest coach, and this year. Uh, he obviously had one-on-one soccer going on, but it seems like there was still a lot of cohesion and a lot of kind of back-and-forth collaboration between him and Stan over there. Absolutely, and I think that might have spurred a little bit out of this podcast. I'm not quite sure, but <laughs> him and uh, him and Todd seem to be interacting quite a bit throughout the week on social media and obviously engaging each other. And between the two of them, uh, I think we covered 500, 550 goalkeepers between the two camps this uh, past week, and they were – all being trained by the best of the best and really enjoyed themselves um, and hopefully got a little bit better. And like I said, as Stan always says, builders to crows. And I, can't, I don't even know what the saying is. It's he's got to put it in It's the a chat. fantastic saying, whatever it's, it's, it is. It's, 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 it's a saying, builders to crows, you knew younger sir. I can't remember. <laughs> well, you, you know, the fun, the funniest thing about, you know, I'm Stan, sure I mean, and, and just, just, just using him like as an example right now, like Stan, is a representation of how all of us here were able to connect. Um, and, and despite the fact that none of us have ever worked together before, uh, Stan Anderson. So Sam, can 
Cam, you're a, I mean, it feels like a camp shutout or a Stan Anderson promo here, but uh, Cam, how did, how did you connect with Stan? Um, so I've just interacted with Stan over social media a little bit, you know, obviously uh, camp shutouts kind of like the, the Mecca of goalkeeping, right? So you, you see it every year and it's really a, a special place for goalkeepers where they're surrounded by like-minded individuals, which even within our academy, when we're trying to be really intentional with that, um, you still have field players floating around, other coaches, um, and there's no place where goalkeepers can go and just simply be solely together with, you know, whether it's 17-year-olds, 16-year-olds, younger, older, former pros. Obviously, Stan's got quite the pipeline in terms of players that have come through camp shutout that are now coaching in it. Um, so it's really a, a unique experience and an incredible experience in my eyes. And it's just something that I've been able to to really watch from afar that, you know, guys like Nate, uh, Eric Klonowski, Cody Lorendi have all been able to to go and join and, and obviously help create that really special environment up there in Wisconsin. I, I want there to talk go. about that. By the way, Nate, feel free to step in anytime. You are a co-host, so you can say all, whatever all the heck you want. I was going to say, Stan, Stan chimed in right there. It's the old rooster crows, the young rooster learns. There you go. I, uh, sorry, a little, little, little tired still, Stan. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say before we kind of retire Stan and Camp Shutout right there. And by the way, guys, it's promo code I-18 for next year for Camp Shutout 2023. No, uh, totally kidding. Although it does feel a little bit like that. But I would I would, I would, would endorse it. I would give a promo code. Absolutely. Join the big show next year, guys. If you didn't make it this year, join the big show uh, next year. But, uh, Nate, a lot of ex-pros seem to be giving back at Camp Shutout. And that's a really cool experience for a lot of these young kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was awesome this year. We had uh, Mo Bova, who's actually on her break for NWSL right now. Um, she came up for a day to visit with uh, camp and see all the guys up there. And then we had Kyle Line as well. Uh, we had Cody Lorendi in with him. And then Eric Lodowski, I think those are the four pros we had up there this week, who um, came to give their experience and give their feedback to everyone there. And I think it's invaluable for all the kids being there. Now, I, I want to bring something with you, Cameron, because uh, last week we had Daniel Ball on from Angel City, and he said that one of the trends lately in in in, in coaching out there and coaching education has been bringing in ex-pros to work with kind of more academic uh, goalkeeper coaches, you know, who maybe weren't ex-pro, you know, weren't pros, you know, but they've really studied the game. They became students of the games. Maybe they played at the collegiate level. Um, is that a trend that you're seeing as well, too? Yeah, Uh I completely agree with it. And I think um, I'm kind of obviously not being a former pro. I love it. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of, you know, sometimes there's animosity and, and stuff like that. I think those experiences, um, A, they give you instant credibility with your goalkeepers, but at the same time, they give you insight and little details that from a player's perspective that sometimes as coaches we miss, right? So being able to combine that um, with someone, and again, we all have, specific areas of, of goalkeeping, right? Where we feel like we're very in tune with, maybe experts with. Um, and, and obviously I, I can't recreate those experiences, even though I may be good at something else or here or there. So being able to combine that with the experience, I think now you're talking about creating a holistic environment for your goalkeepers to, you know, A, have the motivation and to, to go on and succeed, but also giving them the tools to understand the steps and the process um, and just in tune with our topic um, today, you know, I, the big thing for me is 
process, progress, and then product is is one of the things that I'm I'm going to kind of be talking about within our our little topic that I know we've got planned for down the road. You know, you know speaking speaking of that, and I love what you just said there in regards to to product because I think. Nate, you know, one thing that you you had brought up in the past in regards to, you know, X pro versus pro and everything like that. And I, you know, for, for anybody out there, you know, um, Nate did not play for the men's national team, uh, although although his services is, is at the level of the men's national team. Um, you've always said it's about being able to replicate the environment that the players are playing in. So if you can replicate that environment, whether your service is of the level and the demands of the of your training sessions or that that they're experiencing then that's all that really matters. Absolutely. And I think it's expectations, expectations, expectations. Do you hold them accountable for their services? Do you hold them accountable for their behaviors coming into training and finding ways to engage the players and get them to buy in and believe in themselves in that environment? I think speaks volumes of who they are as kids and who they want to become as players in those yeah. environments. I love what you just said in regards to who they are as kids, because like Cameron, you know, obviously at Inter Miami, um, you know, and shout out, you guys seem to be really developing a really solid foundation uh, over there for the academy. I mean, my gosh, you guys, you know, came into the academy not not that long ago and already, you know, winning winning uh, championships. And I know at the youth level, championships don't matter, but it, but at least it does show some sort of of uh, of accumulation of development, you know, uh, at the academy um, kind of you've kind of been, you know, involved in it, you know, come from recently, you came from the collegiate environment. What have you kind of noticed from that onset? Just from the jump from college to into Academy. Yeah. Yeah. I've loved the, um, you know, one of the the things I wanted to target in making that jump was the extra time on the field and, and being able to really have those extra hours of whether it was planning design or just being able to connect with um, the goalkeepers. Right. So being able to, to give them an atmosphere where they can be their own person uh, and explore that within goalkeeping, right? What techniques, what skills, what works for them, what doesn't work for them. And then how can we enhance that right at, at the youth and at the younger age groups, there's a little bit more teaching and you're kind of adding tools to their toolbox. Um, and then as you get to that, that 17, you know, U19 pre-pro phase, um, now you're talking about, you know, making sure that product piece is there. So being able to enhance those tools, those skills that they've developed over the years um, and just let them be themselves within the net, within the goal um, come game day. Right. So how can we enhance those little details and really allow them? And, you know, you always want to see their personality. And I think most top goalkeepers have a big personality. Right. Come through. Uh, on game day in those big moments in those in those special occasions um, you know whether it's uh, a professional level youth level wh whatever it might be there you know that I think that pressure is always there to an extent you know it's just different at, at each level as you continue to move up and go you know speaking of personalities and and again Nate if you've got questions put them just, just, just throw it out there. Just throw it out there. Say whatever you want to say. But I, you know, no, Cameron, you brought up personalities, and Nate, like personality-wise, there's goalkeeper coaches out there that have specific personalities too. And do you think that's something you should take into consideration? I'm just kind of brainstorming here when you're looking at identifying goalkeepers that are going to be right for your environment. Like, how are you going to work with them? Absolutely. And um, I think it's important to figure out not just their personality, but how their personalities handle stress. I think that's a big piece for me. Um, like I said, if a goalkeeper can't handle the stress, they, they might be completely calm and a completely 
fine kid when it comes to training environments, that kind of stuff. But if they get put into a stressful situation, how do they respond? Um, so like I said, the ability to handle stress in those situations and what their personality shows in those moments, I think is a huge piece for me and trying to teach them how to handle stress in those moments is a, um, big part of my coaching personality and trying to help them figure, um, trying to help them figure out how to handle those stressful moments in games and trying to recreate those moments in training and trying to go forward with that as kind of, uh, part of my coaching personality speaking yeah. of stressful moments that was stressful for me right there cameron i don't know about you but like i heard that piercing <laughs> ding of the text message come through and i was like oh boy if this is going to be like one of those long group threads where somebody has no idea that there's a live stream going on at the same time and it's just like ding 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 that would have been a that would have that would have been rough um i'm working <laughs> and shutting it off right now I, I'm oh that was there. you oh i thought that was nate yeah. i was gonna throw it down but, okay yeah <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, all good. Well guys, before we move, move into the topic, you know, really quickly, Cameron, I, I do want to bring this up with you because you did mention the fact that you came in from the collegiate environment. And this is something that a lot of, of coaches do is they kind of flip flop back and forth between the, the youth environment and the young professional or, and I'm going to, I'm going to throw the division one level as a, a young professional environment, because that's really what it's supposed to be is a stepping stone to the professional environment. Um, is that a difficult transition for a lot of coaches out there because they start putting the demands of what they're asking of D1 co players in the morning on the afternoon on the kids? Yeah, it, it can be, right? I think you've got to, you know, you've got to really know uh, and understand what your outcomes are for, for the session, for the day and, and for the goalkeeper, right? Understand what you're working with and what your outcomes are for, for that day. Um, so, you know, the college level, obviously the outcome is, how can we prepare them to win on Wednesday and then bounce back and win on Saturday again? Right. So how can we give them the tools to be successful short term? Um, and yeah, we're trying to develop little things and enhance little things. Whereas for the youth goalkeeper, um, you're looking at it, at least in my eyes, in, in a much larger period of time. Right. How can we take these outcomes for today? Um, but that ties into what that six week plan is, right? Not just winning. They're not going to win every game. It's, it's not only about that, but how can we tie that into their development as a goalkeeper over the next six weeks? And then, okay, if this is our outcome for the day, we look at it back in six weeks and say, okay, this is, you know, this is where we're at. So being able to have that clear understanding, that clarity um, going into each session to me, helped me a ton knowing exactly what I wanted to get out of it, knowing my age considerations for whether they're U16, U13, U12, whatever it might be. Um, and just being able to, you know, okay, this is my expectations. These are my considerations. And then here are my outcomes, you know, let's put it all together and let's go out and train. Right. Um, yeah. So that helped me at least. Absolutely. Nate, Nate. Super, super defined coaching points, right. At each age group. Like I said, know your topic, know what your point, your two, three points of the day that you want to get out are and figure out what they need in those moments for those three, two or three topics. I think that's huge. I love that. I, I want to say this, though, Nate, like I think, you know, and I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, but I think a lot of it, a lot of the times it's just a sheer look, we all are busy people and we all have a lot of things. And there's a lot of youth coaches out there who are balancing a, another full-time career and they do this as a, as a supplemental, as a su supplemental job. And I think just out of laziness, out of laziness, they just kind of keep regurgitating the same session design, regardless of what the age group is 
just because they don't manage their time well enough. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't, I, my kind of opinion on that, like I said, they're busy. They're going to have one, maybe it's not out of laziness. Like I said, maybe it's out of necessity. They might have one design, but what tweaks can they make in that one session design or what complexity can they throw on their coaching points to um, help define how that session goes and what the goalkeepers are going to get out of that session. I think that's something to kind of think about when you're going through possibly a similar session between if you're working with a 13 and working with 16 or 17 and trying to make your coaching points a little bit more complex instead of necessarily changing the whole session around for a kid who's two or three age groups older. Yeah. I love what you yeah. just said there. And Cameron, do you agree that you can just use the same session design but just change the behavior in your session and and what you're asking them to get out of that session? Yeah, I think that's where not I don't know if flexibility is the, the best word, but being flexible in, in how you manage and handle. Obviously, we all have certain traits in our personality, but how you communicate, how you serve, how you talk to and your coaching points may vary from a U19 to a U13, right? So being able to go out there and it might be one session's at 8 a.m., the next one's at 10, and then you've got one at, at four in the afternoon. Um, and if you have the clarity and knowing, okay, for this age group, my target is this, my target is this for this age group. And then if you have a good understanding of your goalkeepers, you can be a little bit more flexible. Okay, I don't have to be as high energy with these guys because they're very motivated intrinsically. They're going to come out. And it's going to be a day where I can just put them out there and compete and then give a few complex points. You go younger and now you have to maybe add a little bit more energy. You have to be a little bit more engaging um, to draw it out of the players. And, and there you go, right? You've got the same outcomes that or the outcomes that you desired, but you're using a similar session structure or the same session structure as you would for a U19 or a U17. You know, you know, speaking of outcomes and, and session structure, I think it's, this is a great segue to move into today's topic, guys. And that is going to be, it's actually a really cool topic. And it kind of came about from the, the session design that we'd seen with Daniel Ball last week uh, with Angel City FC. And that, that, that is rewards. Um, Kitchi, what do we mean by rewards within your session design? So that's, so with rewards for me, it can be a variety of things. Depends on the age group, the session I'm working with, the level I'm working with. So with younger kids, it might be a little bit more competition-based. So if it's my U8s, U9s, U10s, I might be working with them uh, in a game-like environment where they're getting, they're playing handball, and the the reward is literally winning the game and teaching them to win. Whereas with my U16, 17, 19 academy boys, they might not be playing that, but the reward might come from intrinsic and intrinsic value to what we're doing or it might be as simple when we get into the video a little bit a little skill-based competition at the beginning and trying to beat another goalkeeper during your warm-up and catching the most balls or hitting the target the most times and putting a number value to it can also work so depends on the kid depends on the session for me I, I love what you just said right there, uh, Kitchy, because like Cameron, you know, I, I was just kind of just thinking about this and I was always thinking about it from a tangible standpoint. But you're right. A lot of these rewards can be intangible, untangible, whatever the word is. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think for as a goalkeeper right, and especially as a young goalkeeper, being able to develop that mentality and that mindset of um, the, the competition aspect and the intangible little rewards that you can get, um, I think 
that that's huge, right? I, I think from myself and a rewards perspective, you know, speaking about process, progress, and product, um, what do you reward on each day, on each age group, right? So if you're working with the U12s, the U13s, the U14s, you're going to want to reward them for their process, their progress, right? So the work that they've put in, the progress that they've made, whereas at that 17, U19 level, when, you know, they're getting to that pre-pro phase, yeah, it's, there's progress in there, there's process in there, but, you know, at the end of the day, they need to have product, right? They need to be able to win, to compete in a professional environment. Otherwise, they're going to get eaten alive by someone who does it every single day. Um, so being able to reward and understand, okay, with these guys, this is going to be my target. Here's how I'm going to reward them, right? He's been working a lot on this. So every time he, he catches it, whether there's a session design that rewards that action or I'm giving him verbal feedback to reward him for that action um, is huge, right? Just to really help them continue to grow, continue to stay motivated uh, and push in terms of, you know, their individual development and getting better every day. I love what you just said right there because I wasn't even thinking about this, but Kitchy, I think sometimes us, especially a lot of young coaches who overcoach, they're giving feedback so often that it just becomes white noise. But if the reward actually becomes a positive feedback, if that's the behaviors that your, your goalkeepers get used to that, like, Oh my gosh, if he just gave me positive feedback, that's the reward because he doesn't give it or she doesn't give it consistently. Yeah. And like I said, my coaching style is I'm not a yeller. I wait for uh, in a game environment. Um, I'm not someone who a kid makes a mistake. I'm going to tell them right off the bat, this is what happened off my, off my bench. I'm going to wait for them at halftime to come off and then give them the feedback that are positive, negative. I'm going to wait for that feedback to come from me up running personal. They know I'm not going to yell at them. So I don't do that in the session either. I'm not a yeller in my training environment. So if something good happens, that's when I reward them. It's usually not me over coaching and stepping in when I don't need to. No. By the way, speaking of stepping in, Cameron, you can step in as well too. Otherwise, I'll just, I'll just keep talking. Um, but but I, I I do wanna I do wanna bring this up because this is something that I've been thinking about, and this is what I've been experimenting with, and I would love your guys' feedback. And especially once we start watching some of your sessions, I want to see how we can maybe incorporate this. I've been starting recognizing that a lot of mundane activities, especially at the at the younger foundational ages, they're not engaged, they're not interested. And then I started adding dynamic act dynamic actions as a reward for those things, such as clean bowl, clean possession out of the back. Those things lead to, in the picture, an, a dynamic action, which, let's be honest, as a young goalkeeper, they find more exciting, they get more interested about. So an example, clean bowl out leads to a cutback that the player has to now deal with that action. Yeah, yeah. No, it's finding different ways to, to engage young goalkeepers and keep them engaged um i think has been my biggest um growth I, I would say over the past you know six months at since joining inter miami um like one of the things that we do and, and a lot of the times you know there will be um days where it's heavy and in, in te technical repetition um but on those days uh if they're there early sometimes they get rewarded by being able to design the warm-up so i'll bring out you know there might be a swiss ball a ladder and i'll let hey you know, you guys can do your thing, but you've got 10 minutes. You know, you guys can mess around and do some goalkeeping actions, jump here or there. Or it's, you know, they come in, they'll watch a couple of clips of, you know, the one thing that we're lucky to have is, is same as Nate. 
you know, you've got video on your first team goalkeepers, right? So if we're practicing that cutback action, well, here's Drake Callender from the night before doing it excellently and making a big time save, right? And then that's where you kind of see them walk out to practice and they're talking about the save, their eyes are lit up, they're engaged um, and boom. And then if you videotape your sessions, you're sending them little clips from within the session of, hey, look, here's the picture. Like th that's you right next to there's Drake, there's you. And the kids love it, right? The, kid, the kids are, you know, instantly buying in because, you know, that's, those are their heroes, especially at the younger ages. So it's massive. Dude, I just love what you just said right there. Man, I'm getting so many ideas right now. I can't wait till I go back out on the field here. But like, Kitchy, have you tried that? Have you ever tried like, you know, um, so-and-so, you know, was, um, you know, uh, playing last night and th this this action happened. I'm going to try to recreate that in the training session so the kids get the same experience. And that's kind of a reward for a good session or something. I, I haven't. That seems that's a great idea. That's something that I really haven't. Like I said, my role, I'm a little busy a lot of the times. And <laughs> just something I need to make a little bit more time for for myself is the film breakdown stuff. And I, that's something I have been meaning to go into a lot more and just time, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> time to do. It takes, it, it, it takes a while, you know, it takes, it, it takes a while, but it's, you know, I've really enjoyed it. Like I got to the point, obviously it, yeah. we're in off season now with our 17s. One of the things that I really wanted to kind of help them grow in was just um, the cognitive aspects, right? What, mm -hmm. what actions are we seeing when we're watching? So, you know, we'd go out there and if we did, cutbacks if we did crossing they'd get you know two to three clips and just in the walkout right they'd have them on their phone in the morning they'd look at them we'd walk out hey what'd you guys see what were some of the skills that you saw like and they're at least from the time that i started to the end the conversations the depth of it the understanding yeah. um was so much better and then now we're really talking about you know that love for the position that understanding yeah. of the position where they're they're truly engaged and mm -hmm. as they're watching they feel that ownership because oh yeah like we've been talking about this we've been talking about that um when they're you know whether they're watching it on tv with their friends or, or whatever else so I, again it I, i'm very lucky to in the situation that i have i've got access to a lot of cool tools that i can use that to send to the goalkeepers but it's been that's been a big aspect of me finding different ways to, to stimulate and engage those youth goalkeepers. Right. Well, well, I, I love this right? you know, one of, one of the really cool things right here is just to just kind of like the contrast of the two types of session designs that you both have sent right here. Like Nate, you sent a little bit more warm up activities right here. Mm -hmm. And Cameron, you've sent some stuff actually within, within the design, within when you're in the kind of the meat of the session right here. So I want to kind of throw Nate up here first. Yeah. Um, and so, so we're going to just start from the kind of the very beginning of the clips right here. So Nate, why don't you break down first off the, the level that we're talking about here, where we are in the design and what you're expecting to get out of this portion of the design. Yeah. So this is just a warm up activity for my, me, uh, my 15s through 19s, I believe is in here. Uh, my, that might just be my 17s and 19s. I think the next piece is the 16s and 15s, but these boys, like I said, just a very simple warm up activity just in the hands, out of the hands, a uh, little volley into the gap, a little movement, and then trying to find a throw in possession um, to one of the small goals. Um, and talking about rewards in those moments, one thing I think that, like I said, this is not a design that I included a, a reward into, but something you could do as a reward to integrate competition into it is simply, like I said, clean catch versus hitting the net. So the two goalkeepers who are working are competing against each other. 
the goalkeeper was moving between the gates, get a point, you get a point for catching the ball clean. The keeper with the uh, throw gets a point for putting it in the back of the net, right? Just something yeah. as simple as that can start and stimulate the session and get everyone engaged just to start right off the bat. I was just thinking right here, Cameron, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I just think that one of the things that happens a lot of times in warmups, especially at the foundational ages, um, is we just kind of let kids slide in warmups. And maybe that's because we're setting up cones or we're dealing with a with a, with, with the team manager or the club director or whatever it is, you know, while they're they're doing this. But it's so important to make sure that they are clean during their warm up and that they are engaged and that maybe doing something that's like if that's not a clean bowl into the net right there, well, you just lost your rep. So the reward is you don't get your service unless you get that clean distribution in. Yeah, I, I love it. And I especially the aspect of like, again, the the high contour basic handle but it's tagged into that game like action of after you hold that how can you start the counter attack right so that ball is going directly into uh the goalkeeper in black who then also has to perform a game like action right so now your reward and and the action like you have to handle it cleanly otherwise you can't get it out of your hands quick enough so it's almost built into i know we, we heard dan ball talk about it right the, the pressures built into that goalkeeper um, because there's a second action. He now has to make sure the first action is right. Otherwise it's going to suck for that goalkeeper in black because he's never going to get the ball. So if you exactly. can't hold the ball cleanly, you can't even move into and progress into that. So now there's a little bit of pressure naturally because no one wants to be the guy who ruins the drill. Right? Exactly. And if the guy in black, like I said, it becomes a stressful situation. If all of a sudden, he doesn't catch that ball cleanly and he's thrown into a situation where he has both the next ball and the ball he has in his hands to deal with. And it's figuring out how to deal with that moment and trying to find a pace to it, to do it at the right speed. So let's, let's move on here. So now where, where are we now in the session? Nate? This was the net. So this is just the opposite. So I think that was the 17s, 19s. I believe this is the mm -hmm. 15s, 16s, just going through the second piece of it. So like I said before, it was volley into a throw now it's a scoop into a two-touch pass. So in, out, trying to find that pass. Again, second movements, second actions from each of the goalkeepers here. What I love about that right there, first off, guys, for anybody out there who, who works with this age group, do you notice how clean that prep touch is? Mm -hmm. I really, I really want, I really want to stress that to anybody who's watching this right now. And if you're listening to this, essentially we're, we're talking about 14, 15 year old kids right here and their, their prep touch has a purpose. I, I see so many times. And again, I'm not trying to throw any coaches out there on under the bus. I see so many times people letting this slide and well, guess what's going to happen in a game. It's going to be a bad prep touch and it's going to put, you know, your six in a bad situation when they play that yeah. ball to them. Yep, and so I, I can remember this uh, drill pretty clearly because off that blue cone up at the top, up on the right there, a lot of them were not creating any negative movement off that initial ball in, and it was really creating a problem with that one. So that little negative movement off the blue cone, waiting for it to go, and then opening up the body shape for that first touch was a big point for me with this age group. And I think, I think you know, one of the things is like, you know, we, we were talking about, we're talking about rewards here, but... Should there be, and, and Cameron, I don't know how you feel about this. I mean, there's a lot of different sports psych people there who have, have differences of opinions, but should there be punishment as well too? Well, okay, if, if this action is not performed at the level or what is expected of the demands, that the punishment might be getting, you know, getting scored on, you know, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, no, I think, um, and to me, the biggest thing, I try to relate that back to the individual goalkeeper, right? Um, 
just with within our academy, we've got goalkeepers who have joined us recently, goalkeepers who have been with us forever. So some of them aren't quite used to the just the pressure and the uh, standards that come with, you know, our, our academy and, and obviously wanting to to win, but develop pros. Um, so if you have an, a goalkeeper who isn't quite as in tuned and hasn't been in that environment where there is a standard of can you catch every ball, can you hold every ball or deal with it a, appropriately then okay yeah well listen if you're going to drop this here's your second action here's your negative action there's a a goal that can be scored right to make sure that they understand from moment one to the end of session that standard is there it doesn't just turn on when obviously here there's no big goal and then you'll see those goalkeepers they go into it and there's a competition aspect with the big goal and they don't want to get scored on and their behaviors change a little bit well, how can we create that environment where minute one to minute, you know, 60, that the standards are the same. It's just within different drills, different designs, you know, warm up to uh, end of session, right? Your, your real game-like scenarios. So speaking of game-like scenarios, let's, let's move here and, and, and you can kind of talk a little bit about this right here. And Kitchy, we'll get back to some of your stuff too. No, no, but I, I love kind of the juxtaposition of going with the two different ones right there. I think that's a word. I think I went to school yeah. enough to know what that is. Um, Cameron, what are, we ta- what are we talking about right here? First off, I see two goals, so those are very heavy. So congratulations that you have goalkeepers that can move those for you. Yeah, yeah, no. The, um, so th- this was um, one of our last sessions before we went off to um, uh, the national playoffs or whatever um and just a little bit of shot stopping work but for me um talking about rewards so um brett our goalkeeper with the white gloves there um you can see he he makes a hold on the first one makes a hold on the second one um and his reward for that hold that simple uh catch is being able to reinsert to me who i then get to shoot and score on um the other goalkeeper. And and I think I end up hitting the post after a little bit here on the other goalkeeper. Um, whereas you'll see in the next clip, um, he actually doesn't make that simple catch. Um, and what happens is, is it results in um, what almost is a goal, but turns out to be a very nice uh, save kick save with his feet. Um, and just for me, like, I think I've run this drill with our younger kids, our older kids and, when it goes into a flexibility of design um, with these guys, the older guys, all right, you've got four reps who wins and then the losers out, you're done, right? You move on, you go into, I mean, the guy serving, it's a little bit of his IDP because he's driving. So you might go into being the layoff guy. Right. Um, But with the younger kids, rather than the focus being on that product and the actual winning, it's okay. Where have we made progress? Where, where's like the process, right? This is what we've been, we did in our activation phase into our, you know, second phase where we did maybe a little bit of technical isolation and then, okay, here's our progress. You couldn't do this two, three weeks ago, but you're able to do it now. And yeah, maybe you got scored on. Um, a lot of the times I'll give them more reps and it won't necessarily be winners and losers always, because I don't want them to, to solely focus on that. I want them to make sure that they're engaged with the process, the progress, the, the little things that are going on through there. Nate, anything you want to add to? Uh, no, I like that. I like that a lot. I do like the idea of the limited reps, teaching them to win. Uh, one piece that's in mine is reps end after a goal. So mm-hmm. there might be three or four goalkeepers. So I try and engage every every goalkeeper in the drill and have three to four working in certain phase of it. But 
if that very first ball goes in, it ends the rep, and then you start again. Until, but mm-hmm. the other three don't get engaged, which drives them a little bit, helps them drive the other goalkeeper who got scored on the first time, helps them get a little pissed off at those guys, and helps them um, move through the session a little bit more, hopefully. I love what you just said right there, Kitchy, because I was just thinking the same thing. It like it adds this added responsibility on the goalkeeper's end. Like in order for the entire group to get a session, their actions need to be on point. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's going to result because it's the same thing. And I love I love what happened here, Cameron, in regards to poor I don't want to say poor blocking shape, but let's just say not a clean hold. Yeah. led to a shot on goal for the other player because sometimes I think a lot of young goalkeepers don't understand sometimes like just because you're not negatively affected by an action doesn't mean your team's not negatively affected by an action. Exactly. Exactly. And I think a lot of the times and and that's, you know, when we talk about that warm up phase, that, that activation phase, a lot of the times if you don't have a negative consequence for that poor action, um, you get into where it's real, where your team is affected and oh shoot, now I've I've got to change what I'm doing. Now I've got to really adjust and, and improve myself, right? Um, so I think having that emphasis built in um, is is huge, especially at the older age groups where again it's about production, right? How can you produce on the field for your team? How can you make saves to win the game and and come out on top, right? Um, I think as you get older, that's that's what the priorities really are. Okay, so I got a question for you guys right here, and 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 Kitchy, maybe maybe you can hop in since you're not as 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 biased on this since this isn't your session. Um, this dude right here, dude in the middle right here. How do we how do we reward this guy? How do we make keep this guy engaged? Because I'm talking about like if you got 13 year old who's just had a, a giant math test and it's hot and humid out there, and 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 you're telling him, hey, this is what you're doing right now. Yeah, how do we keep them motivated? How do we re- let them recognize? And by the way, this reminds me of like last week in the CONCACAF championship, Kalen Sheridan played a, a nice ball just like this down the middle that led to a, a counter by Canada that was just absolutely fantastic. And that was all built built from the back from that ball that she played in, in literally a very similar position. Exactly. So how, how do you relate it to the game, right? You're going to yeah. be hitting balls off the deck. You're going to be able, able to hit clip balls. Maybe you vary that ball up into that striker there. Like I said, figure out how you're going to strike it as a gla- as a grass clipper. How are you going to strike it driven? How are you going to curl that ball into that same player who's 12, 15 yards from you and vary up the service? But if you're talking about a 13-year-old, I don't know about your 13-year-old's cam, but my 13-year-olds love to show up to the session and just strike balls. So I, my 13-year-olds have no problem just standing there like trying to figure out service and strike balls to one another because that's something – that for some reason they really, really enjoy. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're spot on, right? Because that was actually like, so part of his outcomes or um, his IDP is ball striking, right? His ability to be able to drive those balls. Um, and obviously I didn't, I did I should have probably stopped the rep and said, hey, go back and do it again, right? But being able to vary that clipped ball and, and play into um, is something that he, he's growing on and working on. Um, and that was one of the big reasons why, okay, you know, if he wasn't in net, he was sliding into that corner and, and working on those driven balls because it was something that he was like, that he knows. And, and we've discussed that, okay, this is an area of your game that can you improve, right? Can you grow in it, um, to be better and to, you know, obviously exploit space and not just be, 
effective in one area of the game in terms of out of possession? Can we be effective in possession as well as out of possession? Um, and, and that was his, you know, one of his goals. He knows that, okay, I'm going there and I'm going to do some with my right. I'm going to do some with my left. I'm going to clip some into his chest. I'm going to clip some into his, uh, or drive some into his feet and just get, you know, different reps, uh, but ball striking, ball striking, ball striking over and over. I, I, I want to talk about this and, and, and Cameron, I, I don't mean to pick on your session. We'll get back to Nate's stuff. I promise you, but, but I, I think we're growing from this and I think we're all learning from this. Um, so Kitchy, let's just say. These are what, 13, 13, 14, uh, Cameron? How old are these guys? Uh, 16s, 16s. 16s, okay. So let's say you're working with 19s or, 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 young, or um, old, you, know, call, you know, collegiate level, right, Kitchy? Yep. So are the expectations for this dude so much higher for you because of what their IQ should be at that level? Like, are you accepting the hands on the hips right here or do you expect them to be engaged <laughs> as if they could be ready for, for you know, the possession returning to them? So, I mean, the hands on the hips thing is a whole different issue, in my opinion. <laughs> I, uh, I I shared this with Michael uh, on Sunday. Ederson was playing at Lambeau Field, and I got a chance to go watch him play against Bayern Munich. He's When the ball's down at the other end and his team's in possession, he's at the top of the uh, center circle, hands on his knees, bent over, trying to watch the game and see what happens. But as soon as he's... Uh, as soon as their team wins possession back, he's back up and he's engaged. But the hands on the hips, I hands on the knees, I have no problem with that as long as they're not the player involved in the play, right? <laughs> Cameron, thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I think um, I would say I would definitely say the older that they get, the the standards might be a little bit higher. Yeah. But I think that the key piece that that Nate hit on is the engagement, right? Like when you're again, you've got two goalkeepers, you know, three who are really you know doing specific actions. Um, and if he might not be one of those goalkeepers at this moment in time, but if I'm asking questions, I've got one goalkeeper I'm coaching and I've got three coaches on the field, right. Um, with me, the other goalkeepers. So yep. can he be engaged in that environment? Can he help, um, in terms of providing feedback? So if I'm saying, Hey, you know, Brett, you dropped this ball or Marcus, you, you weren't able to make the save, Josh, what do you think his issue? How would you coach him? What would you say to Marcus? And then yep. be able to have, you know, a minute discussion, 30 seconds maybe, um, and just give, give them ideas, right? How Absolutely. What you have. Um, yep. So I think that that engagement piece is, is the biggest one for me. Exactly. And when I'm talking about, like I said, hands on the hips, hands on the knees, like I said, when I'm watching Ederson do it in a game, he might be bent over at the waist, but he's watching the game. It's not like he's like head down, staring at the ground yeah. while he's doing it. He's stood up but his hands are on his knees just watching the game while his team's in possession. And as soon as something comes into his back line or they lose possession of the ball, back off it, back engaged. But he's watching, engaged the entire time, even though his body language might say otherwise. But, but I think that's that's you needing to know your goalkeeper too. Exactly. Yep. You know, because you, you might see that with one goalkeeper and know that's just who they are. And another yeah. goalkeeper, something's wrong because that's yep. not how they usually are. So you have to be able to read their behavior based on trends. Um, I want to say this before we move out back to Kitchy right here. Maybe Cameron, maybe the reward can be if this player decides to gives a certain type of ball, then they actually do get to be involved in the play in some way, you know, so that'd yeah. be another wrinkle. And so that's mm -hmm. a reward yeah. for that type of service. 
as opposed to it right. as opposed to there being no consequences one one way or the other. And and again, you know, we're all just spitballing here, and we're all just 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 thinking of different ideas. That, that nothing's yep. right or wrong, you know. So. I said no, just no. just just thinking through that another way to keep them engaged. Like I said, maybe like I said, Cam, you're calling just a number. One means he's engaged. Two means he's staying. And the, just you and the player up top are engaged. So on one, when he's not expecting it, all of a sudden he has to get into the play, be a uh, be a nine that lays off balls in that moment. And if you call two off that first ball, now he's just hanging back and waiting for it, seeing what happens, right? Yeah, and I think I think here if he plays a quality ball into me, yeah. I'm happy if he steps through and is either traffic for these goalkeepers or is there for the rebound, right? Like can yep. – now, if he, he gets the reward of playing that quality ball out, now he can step through and he provides, like Michael said, another wrinkle to the drill of now you've got traffic. How does that alter your position? How does that change, you know, where you are within the goal? And then knowing that, what do you have to do if you can't hold that ball, right? Where do you need to put the ball to make sure that there's no danger uh, or second action for yourself, right? Because, I mean, again, if they, if they make a save, they can score on each other um, if, the re if the ball pops out to you to them. So I think that's a great way that, you know, next time, if, if this does happen, there's your reward for playing that quality ball, you know, into me, into the other goalkeeper, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. So, so let's, uh, let's go here and rip, rip Kitchy apart for a little bit. Go, um, go, go ahead. <laughs> By the way, I, I'm being facetious, but uh, you know, this is something that I, I really highly stress to young coaches out there and even older coaches out there too is that the more you can collaborate, the more you can communicate and have get open, honest feedback from your peers, the better off you're going to be. You know, because again, I said there's nothing that's right or wrong. It's just about different ways. And sometimes when people are outside of the session, they're able to see it in a different manner than you were because you were invested in it and you were there in the moment. hundred percent. hundred percent. So, Kitchy, what do we got here? Um, so... Like I said, I like to keep all my, try and keep as many players involved in the play as possible. So that very first service is coming from the top here, and then it's going into an in-possession pattern. I can't remember what my cue was to activate here, but there's a cue in there at some point. It goes to one of the two outside gates, and then there's a cue that tells them to shoot on the opposite gate. I can't remember, like I said, I can't remember what the cue was exactly. As soon as that's done, it's played back in for a second in-possession piece. It's laid into that player can go either side, and then it goes into protecting the goal or protecting the space on the opposite side. So I just want to walk, walk it through again. I just want to get to make sure everybody gets the picture right here. So where did it yep. start? Where did it start? Uh, a little bit. A little bit right here. Uh, so the middle players actually, or the top players, going to start with the ball. So okay. 20, 22 on the back is going to start with the ball. Okay. Ah, Okay. There we go. So we're talking so about right here. Okay. Yep. Okay. Oh, even even a little farther back. A little farther back. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, because okay. it does just start with an initial ball. The initial okay. shot. So this, yep, there's right here. Back. Okay. So initial shot comes off. Again, that ball goes out. Boom. And we're playing. He was clean on that one, so the ball starts to play. Love it. Actually, I can't remember what the trigger was to go across exactly. Was it auditory? Yeah, it was it was an auditory um cue. So but as soon as it comes through, it's a shot on the opposite goal there. And then I, I will say this. One thing that I just noticed right there, and Cameron, I don't know if you saw this. Did you see the body language of the players change after the, after the cue? Yeah. yeah. After the trigger? They, they become yeah, it's like... It's very obvious to me. Yeah. Yeah. You can watch them, and they're, all of a sudden, it's like a light switch, right? Boom. Yep. 
again, it's it's relaxed in possession. And then once you're out of possession, you're engaged, you're into it. And we need to be ready for every shot that comes in. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I saw it right there just because those players essentially went from being in possession to the players that, that are not the, the goalkeeper in the gate right there. All of a sudden looked like players who, who were defenders who just had a shot on goal in regards to their, their body language tightened up, panic situation. How are we going to deal with this? You know, um, if they're ready for rebounds, my boys love rebounds. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron, how, how, yeah. what kind of wrinkles can we throw in here? I mean, I think, you know, maybe you start with that trigger and then obviously as you progress, right? So there it's, it's variable, but it's not quite random because they know when that shot is going to come, right? Mm -hmm. And if you truly want to end up making it random, um, you, you have to make it more live, right? So whether it's, yep. you know, a 4v1 Rondo here on the outside, but at any point, if that ball goes in, goes out, or the defender wins it, um, you can be scored on, right? So now we're talking about a clear, like, okay, panic situations, the stress is a little bit higher. They're always ready and always prepared, even though the ball might be at their feet, that, okay, if it, if it is won, if it is turned over, we're always engaged and ready to defend the goal, right? And taking up those appropriate decisions in relation to where the ball is because we have that threat of, okay, if the goal ball gets turned over, and he's there, I need to make sure I'm here in my position. And then when that ball Absolutely. moves, we adjust again, right? I think that's what I'd progress it into um, rather yeah. than, than, than you know, maybe add a wrinkle here. I just – Yeah, and the next, really, the next really you'll yeah. see, I didn't really particularly like, and I actually like that idea of making it like I said, a little bit more live. I don't think the next progression was as live as I wanted it to be either. So you want to move on to that? You want to move on to that? Okay. Yeah, we can move on to that. Okay. Um, you've already set it up for us to be really excited about it. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I, I didn't particularly like it. It was just something that was on there. So, yeah, out of possession goal was protected goal. And then the in possession goal goes into a possession piece. I can't remember what this piece was. Yeah, I said this was from a few months ago. This is something that I just yeah. pulled together for you here, Mike. But, no, it's all, yeah, like all I said, I, I, didn't particularly, I didn't particularly like that it wasn't a more live progression. Like I said, looking back at it, like I said, I haven't looked at these clips in a while. So mm -hmm. looking back at it, it isn't something that I would particularly like to do. If I had a chance to do it again, it becomes a little more live for everyone in these situations. But I love that. I love that, like that maturation and you know, that growth of us by why watching yeah. this film and realizing, you know, because I think a lot of a lot of young coaches out there, they get frustrated and they think, oh, I'm not very good at this. And not realizing that you're going to fail. You're going to fail. It's going to happen. Not every session is going to be great. Not every session design is. I can't tell you how many times I've done. I've put something together. I spent all night putting something together, and I'm like, "This is going to be awesome, just awesome." And they have no idea what's going on. Like they're like yeah. they're so lost. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, but so simple. They're like, but I couldn't find a way to make it relatable to them. And I'm like, I just have to scrap this. Otherwise, this session's done. And mm -hmm. and we have to be willing to accept those L's. Yeah. 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 I think that's huge. Right. Is being able to, to look at it objectively and be like, you know, if something didn't work, why didn't it work? Was it yeah. me? Was it an issue of the yep. preparation for the goalkeepers? Was the, the age considerations not right Too complex, not complex enough. Um, being able to take those moments in that, that environment and look at it objectively and say, okay, because obviously at the end of the day, you set it up to get whatever out of the goalkeepers. So how can I change that, make it better, 
maybe scrap it all together for next time to get the desired effect out of said session, right? I, exactly. I massive. Can you, you flip-flop flip -flop these? Because like I'm looking at this right here and I'm like this – the the next step is more the the prior step is more dynamic and more engaged than this yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. I like I said I can't remember what exactly my thought process was in the progression here, but um, yeah, I said like I said this is from a few months back, but um, like I said in the middle of middle of the season, getting a little <laughs> bit tired in there. So uh, but it's what it is. Um, but I need to like I said make it a little bit more live in some way or another. Um, but going back to rewards. I think that just based out of all these out of all these sessions, it's all based around the kid, right? So, what is the kid's reward? What is he, he the individual's reward out of the session? And trying to make points that relate to each of the kids and trying to reward them for what we're looking for them to get out of the session. And if they're not getting what we want them to get out of the session is there really a reason for reward if we're not giving them the right reward as well? That yeah, that's sense. a great, that, no, that's a great point. I, I think sometimes, you know, we'll watch these types of podcasts as, as, as coaches and we'll go, Oh, great. And we take things too literally like, great need to give a reward every time on the field. Yeah. And so now we're scrambling, trying to think of ideas as opposed to letting things happen organically. Yeah. So like I'm watching that last clip. I'm like, what did I want them to get out of that? I really can't remember. And watching it back, I was like, I don't know if they really got a lot out of that session. So they're like I said, at the 17s, 19s, that middle piece, I think they got more out of it than maybe that 15s, 16s group did in that last piece. And I'm looking back watching that being like, hmm, I don't really like that. I need to figure out a way that could be more rewarding for the kids in that drill to get something out of it. Yeah, yeah. So so I got a question here, Cam. So let's, this is, so this is the second step of this, the same, right? The second rep yep. of the same activity. Okay. Um, what was the difference here versus the first one? Okay. Play it through. Um, okay. So here, um, what you see, uh, or is this the same one? Oh, that might be the that's same just, one. That's, that's the same, same one. one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Same okay. One. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Yeah. This, so this is the different one. Okay. Yeah. So here, um, the biggest thing, and, and again, this is why I think video is such a powerful tool, right? Obviously, that, that's a ball that's, you know, for a goalkeeper of, of Brett's level, a, a pretty simple hold. Um, now, he's able to come out of it with a pretty big save, right? Um, but in having to do that and, and discussing with him afterwards over sending him these clips, um, the next reps, the ones where he was able to, you know, two pretty simple holds – add that little bit of extra focus and, you know, for him making sure that he uses his fingertips and thumbs to cushion the ball in uh, rather than his palms. Um, he adjusted, improved and was able to, okay, I need to do that because I know that save is low percentage, right? That save off a rebound is not going to happen to me every single time. I was able to come up big in the moment, but like I wanted to win the drill. So I've got to make sure that I take care of the first rep rather than losing focus or struggling technically um, so that outcome, the product, you know, focus is what forced him to, you know, within a session and he was intentional about it because he was able to watching this say, yeah, coach, like I watched this on, on film when you sent it to me and I already knew I already was able to go and fix it within the session. So I didn't even really have to communicate with him afterwards. Right. Because yeah. he knew, um, that, oh, that whole, that ability wasn't good enough. And I had to make that correction into the next phase, which, you know, obviously my distributions 
quite clearly not as good as Kitchy because I wasn't able to punish the other goalkeeper after he held the ball. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's the that's the sad part. But for me, like watching the rewards and putting that emphasis on this group on product was what helped Brett, you know, understand, okay, you know, if I lose these reps, I'm out, I'm going to be either, you know, a target, a striker, whatever, but I yep. want to be in that. So I need to take care of my business, subtle details, little stuff, but you know, that's an improvement that if he does that every single day, you know, come three weeks, four weeks from now, now we can progress in whatever his IDPs or little focuses are within shot stopping. Right. Um, so that was, that was the difference for me in terms of being able to talk about the rewards there and, and why, you know, again, not necessarily, um, it's a simple mistake, but something that he was able to intentionally see and correct because of his desire to compete and, and win at that level. Mm, yeah. I, I will say this though, you know, just to play devil's advocate right here. Obviously it wasn't a clean hold, but I did like, you know, and Siskiyo always talks about, you know, don't follow one mistake with the second mistake. I do like the fact that his reward for recovering and covering the gap was that he didn't get scored on despite yeah. the fact that he did make so consequences for actions, there's repercussions for it, but you also have to do the best in the moment to, you know, re, you know, um, remedy the situation. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to drop a ball in a game, right? There, no yep. matter how good you are, every goalkeeper is going to do it. So, um, you know, that, that little element of, of being live and these two being able to, to shoot on each other. And then obviously, right. If, you know, the next time I, I use this drill, we're talking about that third server now engaging and being on that rebound as well. Mm -hmm. Um, boom right okay yeah you make a mistake in a game but if you follow it up how do you respond a response like this you know we'll be in a pretty good place um so yeah no it's a great point michael yeah because i was almost even thinking like like another step here another wrinkle we could almost add here is the maybe the reward for playing that ball into a good area on that split here is that this guy actually is a little bit deeper so after he releases that ball he drops it creates a little bit of depth and then when that ball's played into a good area, that guy can swing the ball back in for a cross crossing situation. I don't know. Just, just thinking outside the box here. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I think, you know, when you get to, to this part and, you know, this was towards the end of the session and a little bit of, uh, you know, it was supposed to be engaging and fun and competitive just because we're getting to mm -hmm. the end of the season. Um, but I think adding anything that you can to make it, live and random and game like always helps right yeah. it's you know whatever it happens as long as it's in a certain area certain aspects um if it's random and live that ball gets pushed wide and you serve a cross back in or he's deeper to cut one back that's an excellent opportunity for something that might happen in the game right yeah. um so I i'm all about that when you get into the the final stages of your session just to make it even more game like right as much as you possibly can yeah, I'm, I'm throwing this up here from David Winter right here over at Columbus Crew. And he says, love the competitive piece. And sometimes a save is a save. Sometimes it's not about style points. So a very good point there, there, David. Uh, so just wanted to give you a little little shout out right over there uh, with his smiling face uh, uh, there. Um, there's a question here that I, I'd like to throw to both you guys right here. Um, let me see if I can find it here. Um, I apologize. Forgot who sent this in. Because uh, right now it says Facebook user. And uh, I think this is a good because we've been showing these sessions. What is the ideal time a youth goalkeeper session should take? And what is the ideal number per session? 
and I, I think they're referring to reps. I, I mean, personally, I think it's personally, I think it's, it's, um, you know, it's all, it's all different depending on the level and, and what the demands are for, for the week. But yeah, I mean, the way I take that is in terms of like session length and how many goalkeepers within a session, um, or if it's reps, you know, I, I think, especially at, at the youth ages, you do need, you know, reps, right. As mm -hmm. long as they pertain to what that final action might look like. Um, so again, for that shot stopping day, um, you didn't necessarily see it there, but our, our isolated technical phase was focused on the low dive, right? So being able to get six, 10 announced reps of, you know, low, a low dive in a certain situation, and then having them go into a random situation where, okay, you know, if the situation presents itself, can you apply it now as yeah. far as session time and goalkeepers um <laughs> that's a that's a that's a question i i don't know you could debate forever i think <laughs> a big piece is um whether or not right because some of us everyone's setup is different are your goalkeepers going from your session right into their team session are you completely separate so you you've got them for an hour and a half and they don't do team training um and then that affects the number of goalkeepers that you have right um so I think that's something because, you know, if you are going into a session with your team, now your goalkeeper coach is following you and coaching you within your team setting. And hey, it gives you an opportunity as a coach to hammer in more coaching points from the session that you just did. Right. Um, so being able to take that. But I think there's a lot of different factors, at least from from what I'm how I'm interpreting that question. I don't know about you, Nate. Yeah, um, like it depends on the obviously the session. So like within our one of our branch groups, like so our youngest branch group has we have three goalkeeper coaches, but we have twenty goalkeepers. So we might have groups of six to eight in those groups. But whereas with the academy boys, I'm usually looking at two age groups of two, so four, and their session involves them being um, acclimated into the team training sessions. So like you said, it varies from each group to each level to everything in between right and yeah. i think it also varies into depending what type of environment we're talking about too like if you're doing a clinic or you're doing a a, a college uh session um you know in pre-season where you're doing double days you know that sort of a thing like it's that's going to really affect how much time plus as we all know as goalkeeper coaches we the goalkeepers can be called at any time i mean you mm -hmm. could be in the middle of one activity and hey we're doing, you know, near, near, you know, you know, near post slotting. We need it. We need, we need somebody send a guy, send a guy over. And then you got to figure uh, out how to change your reps based on that one guy missing. How do you exactly. those goalkeepers into those situations? Let them go for three and the next one in. Yeah. It's all you know? like, it's all about that stuff too. And appeasing yeah. the field player coaches, of course. <laughs> and then, in the, and then in the youth environment, you have, you know, so-and-so's a guest player. They're here today. Yeah. So they're coming to tr goalkeeper training because we want to evaluate them. You've literally never met this kid before. And now you, they're being thrown into your session design and you have no idea what to expect. So there's all sorts of wrinkles that, that determine how, how long your session's going to be. I will use this uh, rule of thumb personally, and I don't know how you guys feel about this. Uh, when you are doing any sort of uh, small group training or private training, think about what are the, what are the, what are you, your outcome? What's your outcome? What are your goals that you want to get out of this session? And don't go past that. So if you're, if they're, they meet the demands, if they meet the session goals, don't keep going just because there's another 10 minutes left in the session. You know, 
because a, a lot of the times now you're overtraining the goalkeeper. Yep. Same thing. If you haven't met the demands and you know, you're going to have to go a little over to do it, then you got to be willing to put that time into because it's about the, it's about the player. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point because one of the, uh, I mean, just for my growth and, and where I want to get better at, right. The, the physical loading piece. Um, and I think as m- at least, you know, from my experience, most goalkeeper coaches always want to do more, 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 more. Right. Um, and just being able to, again, be objective and say, Oh, we hit, we hit our goals. This can be a day of the week where I don't have to, you know, target an RP of six, seven, eight, I can back off them now and they can be a little bit fresher for the weekend because we've got what we want out of this session. Right. And now maybe it's a little bit of time for them to engage with their teammates go in early, you know, again, maybe they're jumping into a Rondo with their team. Maybe they're just resting. Um, and I think um, that was always my first instinct was to do more, more, more. Um, and then being able to realize, no, we're, we're, at, we're at a good place. Um, guys, you know, take a rest, take an extra little bit of water, Let's break it down and then we'll have more time before we go into, you know, the team session. Or do we utilize that for, hey, you guys, you guys can head over. I'm going to take, you know, Nate here and we're going to do a little bit of distribution because he needs to improve his left foot. Um, You know, again, you've got that time and you can target it and use it um, in a lot of different ways. It doesn't just have to be what you've written on paper for that day. You can adjust and, you know, um, change it as as you know and as you have to and, and i think that's really important for sorry my god no go ahead go ahead nate Just i think ahead. that's really important for those uh maturation ages so 13 yeah. 14 15 16 like i said managing their body um one of my boys has had some back issues and it's just because he's growing at an exponential rate so it's how do I manage that? Can, is there stuff that he can do versus things that he can't do right now in this session? And when he's hit a spot where it's like, all right, he's good. Can I just back off, let him go hit a few balls and just wait for that to happen. Right. And just like I said, sooner or later, he'll be out of that, that growth phase and yeah. he'll be able to do all these actions the right way still, but at a faster pace because his body has finally caught up. Yeah. And, 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 and the thing I wanted to bring up right here, uh, Nate real quickly is that so Dan Abrahams brought this up to me uh, a few years back when I first met him and and he brought up the simple fact is that the psychosocial the psychosocial the psychosocial and how important that is and that sometimes so much as as goalkeeper coaches you know or as any coaches really we we look at the the technical and the tactical goal as being the outcome of the session but a lot of times the psychosocial is what the goal of the session was. So if you've put your goalkeeper in a good place to be able to perform in the match tomorrow, then your goal has been achieved and you might as well end it because you don't want to, you don't want to ruin that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's massive. Right. And I, it's, it's funny because uh, obviously, um, uh, Eric Klonowski is a, a big psych guy and, and currently in his master's, right? So just speaking with him, you know, about warmups uh, a couple of weeks back and, you know, for him, it's about training a mindset. If your goalkeeper needs eight reps and he's physically ready to go into that game, that's what he needs to go out and perform, right? It, it's mm-hmm. not always, I, I think, and again, early in my days, it was, okay, what warmup did I do as a goalkeeper? And I'll put them through that. And I wanted a thousand reps. And then now you've got, 
you know, whether it's a younger goalkeeper, older goalkeeper, who's like, nah, man, I, I, my mind's in the right zone. Like you hear Ben Foster on his podcast, I'd watch a YouTube video of my highlights or I'd watch, you know, a big save or two big saves and I was ready. That's it. That's all I needed. You know, you're, you're training the, the psychosocial aspect of, you know, is he in that performance zone, that state of flow to go and perform. Right. So the day before, I think leads into that, you know, that match day minus one leads into match day and getting them in the state of flow and, and the proper headspace to go and perform the next day. Uh, I think that's massive. Yep. Because On game day, it's always if you are, if you feel ready, you are ready. So if you're feeling right and you're in that right mind state, your performance is going to be better than if you might have, might physically need a little bit more. But if you're in the right headspace, I'd rather you be in that than push you to a space where, you might not feel in that in that way before you hop and go. I mean, I think I think a lot of us out there, and myself included, you know, I have to remember that the whole reason that I'm there is to put them in the best position to be successful within the match. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all my job is. That's all my job is. You know, um, and if I start start thinking it's either more about me or more about this or more about that, you know. And at the end of the day, no one's going to remember that that session design you put together because it's not about you. It's about, mm-hmm. you know, what you know, how did that you know, how did they improve? How did obviously at your guys level? Did they progress through the levels and get to the first team or, or whatever? But um, I, th- I think that that's that's something that at least I need to keep reminding myself too. Um, guys, I appreciate you taking all this time. I know we've been going over an hour right now and you guys have have busy days going on. Kitchy, are you still in, in the Midwest or? Yeah, you, uh, still, in, still in Wisconsin. That's part of the reason I have this uh, background. I'm in my uh, teenage brother's childhood bedroom. So. Oh, <laughs> uh, gotcha. Didn't want to embarrass him it. with his room. So. I, I, I just thought you wanted the, the phantom Nate Kitchell glowing emanating light <laughs> to become be coming on it. <laughs> and, and, and Cameron, uh, I, I take it that you're uh, you just got off the plane. So you're not traveling any, any, anytime soon. No, 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 no. Luckily, luckily I've got a, I've got a few days to rest and recover. So, uh, I'm just, I'm just excited. You know, it's, I think every coach loves it, right. That, that week before preseason, you know, when it's all kicking off and you've got a thousand ideas, you know, in your head because you've been watching clips like what Dan ball was doing and how can I take that and adjust that or apply that to my goalkeepers. So it's, to me, it's one of the most exciting times of the year, right? How can you, you know, apply and grow and just give give your goalkeepers the best environment possible um, to help them develop and and maximize their potential, right? Which is what we all want for our goalkeepers to achieve. Yeah, you know, and, and speaking of what what we all want uh, for our goalkeepers to achieve, what we all want is to keep keep growing and uh, keep giving to the community, guys. So, uh, Cameron and Nate, if if people want to reach out to you, where's the best place to connect with you guys? Um, any of my social media, um, that kind of varies from channel to channel, just search Nate Kitchell and I'm in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same thing. I think it's coach Soro, coach C Soro, something like that over social media, but, um, just love yeah, talking. You, as you, as you can tell, just like these, uh, inside the 18 guys, we're very engaged yeah. with social media. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of social media guys, if you want to find a specific community just for you and we want you guys to keep sharing. So Kitchy and, and Cameron, if you guys can share on there and get in the discussions and get in the conversations, we would absolutely love it. Guys, check out the free union soccer community 
on all platforms. We started with goalkeeping. We are expanding into all field player positions. So please get the word out to your friends who are other positions uh, to start engaging, start connecting, because we got groups for midfielders, forwards, defenders, sports psychology, you know, nutrition and lifestyle, all that stuff. And we want to have those conversations going. Otherwise, it's going to be just goalkeeper coaches talking about, uh, you know, uh, hold it, holding sixes. And, you know, that's that'll be weird. I don't know if we want that. So, um, and then guys, obviously if you want to reach out to us, it's contact at inside the 18 media.com or at goalkeeper podcast on all socials. If you have a guest suggestion or topic suggestion, you can do that on the union too, guys. If you're on the union, DM us at goalkeeper podcast. Um, shout out to all the guys, all the people out there who said we have to have kitschy on, we have to have Cameron on, uh, because we finally made it happen. Cameron was hilarious. Cause he's like, I mean, I'll come on, but I don't know what I'm going to add. I'm like, well, you were, People like have been asking for you, so <laughs> dude. I, I have, did something. Mike, I had no idea what I was on here either. So I hope I was a good co-host. I'm uh, just, yeah, co-host. No, <laughs> we, all, we all listen to every podcast uh, over COVID, oh right? We've got the biggest names in goalkeeping, and I'm like, what? What am I doing with these guys? Like, yeah, same here, man. Oh, please. I just, oh, I just, I just kick, I just kick balls with the kids. That's all I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, like, like, let's be honest, guys. I mean, you know, I think we all have to recognize that, and I think a lot of a lot of people out there have to recognize that there's value in everybody's conversations and talking to all the different people out there. And, 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 you know, Phil Wedden said this to me, you know, years ago, he says, you know, I can learn from the rec coach down the street, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's, I'm always learning, I'm always learning. So, you know, don't ever think that you're either below or, or above anyone you're talking to, because we all, we all have had different experiences. We all can learn from each other. So. That's uh, that's that's. I think that's a good uh, good way for us to leave this uh, this session, guys. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, we've had a lot of fun today, guys. That's all the time on Inside the Eighteen, and we are out. Later, guys. For- Get out of here!